This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, Episode 83. Welcome back, podcast listeners. I'm so glad that you have made your way back to the show. Super excited about this week's guest. But before I get there, um, you need to know that I'm going to start doing Facebook Live on a regular basis. You will be able to find weekly Facebook Live videos on the Joyful Courage page every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. Tuesdays at 10, that's when I'm going to be showing up for you guys. So set your clocks, set your timers, set your alerts on your phones and meet me on the Joyful Courage page on Facebook so that I can share with you some tips and tools and talk about the parenting journey. I'd love to have you there. So today's guest, Today's guest is Sean Fink, the Abundant Mama. Do you know about Sean Fink? She is one of the first parenting gurus that I followed, although I bet she would not want me to call her a guru. She is a mom, and she has devoted herself to being a guide and a space holder for mamas that are looking to create a more peaceful world, peaceful home, What she speaks about, what her work is all about is so in alignment with joyful courage. She holds community. She she holds space just like me. She holds space for mamas to show up as their best and helps them be who they want to be. She is way into journaling and offering boredom, busting life assignments, family life challenges, and honest community that is all about calm yet solid wisdom. So yeah, I'm super excited. I can't wait for you to meet her. We're going to talk about how to be more playful. We're going to talk about mindfulness. We're going to talk about self-care and we just get to be super real and raw in our conversation. So without any more talk, I would love to introduce you to Sean Fink, the Abundant Mama. 
Hi, Sean. Welcome to the Joyful Courage podcast. Thank you, Casey. It's so good to be here. Please share a little of your journey to doing what you do. Oh, goodness. Um, how long do we have? Right? How's that for permission? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's funny. I've been thinking a lot about that. Uh, so the, the really easy and fun way to, to share how I got started as, um, in my business and, and work as Abundant Mama is uh, I first, you know, my kids. Um, I have twin girls, who Jaden and Liana, and they are now 11. And at the time, they were probably four to five. And uh, I had enough time in my life at that point to start to uh, be more creative, start writing again, and um, started out as a blog and, and realized that what I was trying to share with the world, which was my beliefs and my values, um, was really very resonant with other people. Um, and so it really just began with me having these thoughts of how we should be parenting and raising our kids. Yeah. When I, when I started following you, I think it's been like four or five years um, since I initially found you, maybe longer, but you were awesomely awake was your website. And I was so drawn in to that, those two words together as a concept. Awesome. I'm a California girl. So anything with awesome in it, I'm like, oh yeah. Um, but being awake and being you know, in the practice of paying attention to what you're paying attention to. I was just actually writing to one of my clients about this, taking one step from the situation and being aware that you're in a situation, right? That's how I think of being awake. Um, what do you notice? What did you notice start happening for people when they moved? You're, you're doing your writing, you're resonating with people around this concept of being awake and what was yeah. showing up for people. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, uh, I love that name too. And I still pay for that URL because I've just, I, I think at some point it's going to become something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, it started for me because I just, you know, and, and I still see it. You, you look around, you walk around in the world and you see people who are just not paying attention to their lives, mm -hmm. um, to their kids, to what's going on around them. And, um, as somebody who has probably always been awake, um, but in that particular time, that last, you know, the five years, um, around the time that I had my kids, I really, I really loved the concept of living a, an intentional life, mm -hmm. meaning not just awake, but really being thoughtful about every single choice that you do in your, in your life, in your day. And that seems kind of overwhelming, but it's also the way that we can live our values the most. Uh, so for me, being awake is being engaged, being thoughtful, being an intentional, uh, being very purposeful, living my values, um, but also in um, being present, which does, as you said, it, it comes up with everything. In fact, I was just doing a, a coaching chat last night with my community and we were talking about marriage and mm -hmm. being present came up as, <laughs> as one of the, the big things that we all need to do more in our marriages um, with kids, because often our partners don't get that uh, intentional attention that we really should be giving. 
Yeah, that's so true. Oh, man. It's true in my <laughs> life. Know, right? It's I true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm in agreement there. And I think that, you know, even when being present and being intentional is, wow, I'm feeling really angry right now, right? It's not oh, yeah. always rainbows and butterflies. I think sometimes people, I want to always be intentional with listeners to make sure that like, just because you're intentional, just because you're awake and engaged, doesn't mean you're not having the entire rainbow of human emotions. You just get to be in that awake, engaged awareness. You get to be more thoughtful in how you navigate it versus letting it navigate you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, I don't know how many of us actually have, you know, that perfect, happy, joyful, uh, moment all, all through the day. I mean, it mm-hmm. certainly is a roller coaster ride. Um, but yeah, uh, sitting with any emotion that we have, any moment, any challenge, um, and just being able to give, give it space and hold space for that moment allows us to be, as you said, you know, more creative in how we respond to it yeah. rather than react to it, which, you know, by the way, we all, we all mess up and we do that. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You're a human. And doing that. Yeah. You're a human, not a robot. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) If we could program ourselves to figure out how to, to react, uh, to respond thoughtfully every time, that would be a lovely little invention. So somebody could do that. That would be, I would sign on for sure. I do the Kickstarter fund. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So your work evolved, has evolved since awesomely awake into the abundant mama project, the abundant mama movement really is what it is. So talk a little bit about what your vision is for that work and what it means to you to be an abundant mama. Yeah. So abundant mama began, um, when I had the blog awesomely awake and I created an online class, um, that was four weeks long and it was called the abundant mama project. And it was so popular and became so much a part of who I was, um, that I ended up just completely rebranding and now, uh, work solely as the abundant mama or the abundant mama project. And what does that mean? Oh gosh, it's so loaded. (laughs) You know, any, any, if you ask any of my clients what it means, they'll, they'll all give you a completely different answer, but Um, it means, uh, it started out as being, uh, grateful and, and really looking at your life as if you are enough, you have enough, you do enough. And that's still a big part of it. Um, but it's, it's become much more than that. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle, um, which is really what I say now it's the abundant mama way. And it's not just how you mother your kids. It's how you mother yourself. It's how you show up in your relationships, you know, marriage or, uh, family. It's how you handle problems in life. <laughs> it's, it's really about being authentically yourself and, uh, seeing the good all around you and, and within you. Oh, I love that. I think our work really aligns so well, Sean, and I really appreciate that, that, uh, mention of gratitude, right? Because, you know, all we have is this moment. So, might as well be grateful for it, right? Look for the positive, look for the lesson, look for the opportunity and possibility in the moment. And it's funny because I just did a, um, so shout out to the, uh, insight timer app and they, oh, yeah. not, they are not a sponsor of the podcast yet, <laughs> but <laughs> the, I love that app and I've been, they have guided meditations and all sorts of things. And this morning I did a meditation around, um, 
empathetic joy and the power of visualizing somebody who has something that you desire and being in deep happiness for that person and moving from Mm. this place of, well, if they already have it, then I can't have it. Um, And that scarcity mindset into, I can be so grateful for everything I have and for everything you have and moving into into the abundance mindset because there is enough happiness and love and joy and possibility in the world for everybody. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. We definitely, um, we get into that a a good bit too, especially in the program, but then also my membership community. And I love that you bring it up scarcity. I mean, how many of us are walking around going, Oh, look at what they have. And, you know, look at that mom. She looks like she's got it all together, uh, which she doesn't, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And yeah, I love that we can be, uh, helpful to people and help, help lift everybody up. Yeah, me too. And when I did, I went through your program, it was a long time ago. And, um, I remember it, there was an invitation into creativity. There was a lot of like creative little projects that you invited participants into. So how do you see that? Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God. Spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. 
That's code JOYFUL50 at factormeals.com slash JOYFUL50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. creativity piece and self-care, right? And and those two things I think can go hand in hand. How do you see that as valuable in the parenting experience? Yeah. Well, I call it soul care mm, uh, because okay. to me there's self-care, um, which is the, you know, you can Google and, and, and use Pinterest for a million different things on self-care. Um, but with the work that I do is really soul care. It's really healing for the inner part of yourself. Uh, and we use that through journaling, through creative, creative projects, through different life challenges and big on challenges, especially in my uh, alumni community, um, things that you can do that really get you thinking and reflecting um, around self-discovery, um, how to look at your, yourself and your life and um, set intentions for it. Um, so it's, it goes a little above self-care and in, in that it's really designed to help you feel good on the inside, not just on the outside. It's not just going out and getting a manicure. It, it, <laughs> you'll never see me doing that, by the way. <laughs> well, I, I do indulge in manicures every now and again, but there is a difference, right? There's a difference between yeah. that's really surface. And what I hear yeah. you speaking into is like, what's going to fill your soul? What's going to yeah, shift your way of being? Of- yeah, it is. It's inner work, which is really powerful for the parenting experience because so much of parenting is, is inner work. You know, yeah. what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And how, you know, how I'm messing up today. And so what we do is a lot of healing around our mistakes and, you know, the, the, the thoughts that we have. Um, and we do it all through fun, um, creative projects, you know, like I said, journaling and, um, and life challenges. But, you know, when I feel good on the inside, I am such a better mother. Yeah. I mean, I, I just truly am. I, I can be that soft place that my kids need to land when they're having a hard day. I can be um, the person that my husband needs me to be when, you know, he's having a day. Um, but when I haven't taken the time to really help myself on the inside and feel really good about who I am, I tend to get short, you know, short sighted. I'm impatient and I'm, you know, snap, I snap at people. And, uh, so for me, it's, it's almost crucial, which is why I do the work that I do. I mean, it's, I get to, you know, do work that makes me feel good, which is so good. Yeah. Uh, but it also is really, it's vital for me as a, as a mom. Yeah. I appreciate that. Definitely. So let's talk a little bit about mistakes because I think as moms and dads, although I can only speak from my own personal experience as being a mom. Um, but I think that, you know, we, again, that surface versus like the true inner work. Okay. And I'm a positive discipline trainer. So one of our mantras is mistakes are opportunities to learn, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. We're all in agreement around that. And then we make a mistake and it's, you know, half a day of beat up (laughs) around making the mistake. So I would love to hear from you just what are some of the ways that you hold space for your community and the parents that you serve, or maybe even yourself around, man, I I really showed up poorly. Right. And then what to do with that, how to turn that into an opportunity versus a beat up. Yeah. Um, this has come up, this topic's come up a lot on my podcast too, uh, which I think is great. Um, in fact, I just talked with, um, 
Rachel Stafford mm-hmm. from Hands Free Revolution, and we talked about these mistakes that we make <laughs> and how uh, you know how we how, that that repair process is so crucial. Yeah, um, you know, admitting that you're wrong, and and by the way, I mean, how many adults are doing that right now? Right. Um, <laughs> so teaching our kids <laughs> to admit that they're not, you know, that they're wrong, um, or by showing them that we can do that is mm-hmm. so, so important. And so at our house, um, and I, and I teach this to my, you know, my community as well. I fully admit when I'm wrong, it may take me a while Right. <laughs> sometimes, you know, and, uh, I don't mess up so royally anymore that I feel like I, you know, that I, that it takes a long time, but I did not, not too long ago. I think it might've even been, uh, like two weeks ago and I felt horrible about it. And, mm-hmm. um, and which is rare for me. I just, I, I handled something very poorly and, um, I wrote my daughter a long letter <laughs> when she was at school and I, I told her, you know, I, I love you more than you'll ever, ever know. I mean, and I think that's true. Um, but I am so going to mess up. <laughs> yeah. I just want you to know that, like, I don't mean to do it, but I'm not perfect and I'm so going to mess up. And, uh, I think the point is that we need to understand that we're both human and that we both make mistakes. And, I am here for you no matter what. I'm your biggest cheerleader, but you need to know that I'm not ever going to be 100% perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she loved that letter. She she said, I got your letter. Thank you. And and she, uh, I could tell in her eyes, because she's that kid that you can just see in the eyes whether she believes you or not. <laughs> she, right. That meant a lot to her. Um, and, you know, and she's 11. My kids are 11. So you can start to have those more raw conversations. Like, you know, but when they were little, it would just be like, I'm so sorry. You know, right. let's, let's do something fun and, and forget that blip that we just had. And right. we, and we call them blips at our house. And I love it when my kids will, you know, we'll have a blip and I, and I don't see it as a blip cause I'm still mad. Right. Cause it's lasted <laughs> you know? for hours <laughs> and they're over it and they go, Oh mommy, it was just a blip. And yeah. I love that. Like, that's all it is. It's a blip. And we all have them and any family that doesn't think that they do, uh, or that they're alone in it. Um, I assure you that you're not alone. Uh, this, this whole thing is hard. Well, and I love what that word blip, right? Cause you think of a blip and it's something short and fast, right? And in reality, the fall, whatever it typically is just a blip, but it's us and our hanging on or our kids hanging on or whoever the humans are that are involved. And some of us have blips that occurred 20 years ago that are still influencing the way that we see the world, the way that we navigate what's happening. And it's so empowering. I think anytime anybody speaks out and says, well, wait a minute, that was just something that happened, how you're choosing to let it continue to drive your life. That's, that's on you, right. Versus somebody hurt me or wronged me or this or that. And that's not to say that there isn't a lot of, you know, really traumatic things that happen for people in their life. And we get to decide how long we're going to hang on to it. Um, and I just, I love that. I think that's so powerful. And how is raising tween twin girls? (laughs) Oh my God. Send wine. (laughs) That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) Well, I have one and she's 14 and just, I mean, it's so funny. I find it so interesting, the conversation around teenagers and how quickly it can go to, oh God, teenagers, right? And yes, we have those, oh God, teenager 
blips, <laughs> if I can use your word. <laughs> and most of the time, it is so much fun. Yeah, I really love their age. Um, I mean, they're 11. We're not in the teenage years yet, but they um, – the hardest thing I'm having is trying to figure out how to connect with them because they're, they're still they're – still tweens. They're just right. difficult. You know, they're – they are not little and don't want to necessarily do little kid things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they're not fully mature and evolved enough to do adult things. So, you know, we're just trying to navigate how to, how to connect and, and do things a little bit differently. But generally I love, uh, who they're becoming and, and their age. And, you know, I'm still like, are they little or are they not? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you today? Uh, right. Who are you today? I think a whiplash yeah. experience. Sure. Yeah. Cause they show up and it's like, oh, you're little. Let's snuggle. And then the next day it's, you know, the straight <laughs> arm hand out. I need space. I'm going to go slam. be angsty in my room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Um, yeah. You know, and the fact that it's two girls, you know, they're highly, um, sensitive, highly emotional. And, uh, and so am I, uh, yeah. so it all works out great. Yeah. <laughs> My poor husband. <laughs> well, I have an 11 year old boy as well and highly emotional, highly sensitive knows no genders. Okay. Like, there it's, you go. Good it's, to know. Yeah, for sure. So I have a funny story that I want to share just about, um, going back to that idea around mistakes and making amends. Um, I recently shared with my community a little meme that says, children don't seek to push our buttons. They are simply navigating their world the best they can with the tools they have. And it got a lot of, you know, everybody really liked it. And one of my, one of the members of my community said, I like to take your little gems and apply them to the rest of my life. And so she shifted the language and she wrote, my mom doesn't seek to push my buttons. She is simply <laughs> navigating her world the best she can with the tools she has. Oh, that's cute. Uh, yeah. And I loved it. And I actually sent both of them to my daughter and kind of told her like, what do you think about this? And she just thought she was like, yes, yes. I, she liked it so much. And so, oh, that's cute. you know, yeah. even as our kids are navigating their stuff, whether they're two or 10 or, you know, 16, we never, there's never an end to our work of, of navigating our own emotional experience. And I think that is really valuable for parents to embrace, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, one of my favorite quotes, and let me see if I can find it here while I'm talking, um, is related to that whole idea that we are, you know, we're not born mothers. We have no, we have no clue how to be a mother. It's not like you'd suddenly, um, have a, a book to read that tells you how to, how to actually do this job. That's so impressive. Um, and so we're really, we're really inventing ourselves. Oh, I love that. And I find that to be a really powerful experience. Um, and for me, I love who I am as a mother. I, I, you know, I look back and there's some people I work with a lot of clients who are, you know, wish that they could go back and, you know, to their old self and they feel lost. And I've never felt that way. I've always felt much more grounded in who I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll keep looking for the quote if I find it. I can't seem to find it right. Well, there's, there's something about being over. I don't know if you're over 40, I'm over 40 and it's like, Oh, wow, look at, I see the world differently. Like things are not as big of a deal 
I'm really <laughs> enjoying being in my 40s for sure. And, you know, and I think that there, like what you just said about going back, I, you know, we just, there's no, where there's no going back. All we have is right now. And, um, you know, and I know that, and I, I definitely have early days of parenting that still hurt my heart, you know, before that, before I started to really dive into my own work. Um, and, and I get to, I get to be grateful for those moments because those are the moments that truly moved me into action around, you know, taking control of the car, taking control of my life and deciding I'm going to be different than what was modeled for me. Yeah. And so, you know, and of course, and I let my kids know that, you know, most of my worst fall aparts, they were really young. So they, they don't really remember, but there's a couple and they're like, oh yeah, I remember that one time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And fortunately it's been a long enough, then we get to laugh about it. But so, um, other, so you talked about mistakes and, um, and just being present as, you know, even with our partners, what are some other challenges that show up in your community of parents that they speak into? Oh gosh. What is it that we do? Um, so much, I mean, just about anything can be a challenge in, in parenting, you know, wondering if you are handling a situation well, you know, one of the things that I think is so interesting that people struggle with is how much, um, guidance and motivation and push we give our kids versus letting them make their own mistakes and, um, letting them fail. You know, there's this, we don't want to push our perfectionism on them. Um, but we don't want to let them completely fail and and be slobs and lazy. Right. 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 (laughs) So I, I find that to be a really big struggle for a lot of people, you know, and that goes for anything sleeping through the night, you know, how, how loving and nurturing should you be versus how hard and, um, you know, putting your fist down, should you be, yeah. uh, it really comes into play with everything. Yeah. Um, which I find that to be a fascinating struggle. And, and I, I walk that line too. So, yeah, I have a recent, this is of course, of course, cause we both work with parents and it's not like your community of parents is any different than my community of parents. Exactly. <laughs> it's a collective experience. This, um, this exact thing has come alive right now in, in my membership program and somebody really, um, struggling with that dance between, you know, standing for our vision versus standing our ground. Right. And the distinction between the two and, um, talking about, okay, ultimately we want to raise cooperative contributing adults. And then I think we sometimes forget that in that vision, we've got all of these years of practicing where they're not going to be cooperative contributing (laughs) members, or adults because they're kids and they're learning and they're practicing and they're going to make a lot of mistakes. And so within that, as the parent that, you know, standing for your vision, like this is what's important to me versus getting really rigid. Right. And like, no, you need to do this now. And like you mentioned, like that perfectionism, I think can be, can show up when we forget that this is their time to like figure it out, not their time to, oh, I heard you say that once. So now I'm going to do it every single time you say it, or I'm going to be a master at that. Right. Right. I think, exactly. I think that's, that's such an, and, and I mean, I fall into that too, not so much. Well, you know, I have my moments when I'm doing a lot of soul care, <laughs> right? <I am> really <laughs> forwarding and encouraging. Um, but you know, and then there's those days where it's like, ah, how many times? And then I have to pause and remember, wait, they're in the practice. So it's going to be a lot of times. 
Hey, everybody. Listen, I'm so excited to give you an update on Songfinch. Songfinch delivers. I shared last month that I was going to have them create an original song for Ian, my graduating senior. Well, the song is done and the process of co-creating it with the artist on Songfinch was so cool. I got to provide details and ideas and then the musician of my choice wrote up the lyrics, put it to the music that I picked and the results are so cool. I can't wait to surprise Ian with it. I will be sure to record it and share it with all of you. Songfinch is an innovative service that lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and it lasts forever. After moving through their process, you get the final results in four to seven days. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free. So you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Whether your song is for Father's Day, an upcoming graduation, wedding, or anniversary, or even just a gift to show your loved one how much you care. Start your song now to lock in one of Songfinch's top artists. Go to songfinch.com slash joyful and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, which is a $50 value. Again, my URL is songfinch.com slash joyful. Don't forget to share your song with us too. songfinch.com slash joyful. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. before they get it right. Yeah, I found the quote. Oh, sweet. What is it? I found the quote, and it's perfect. Um, now, this is by Marguerite Kelly and Elia Parsons. And it says, Motherhood brings as much joy as ever, but it still brings boredom, exhaustion, and sorrow too. Nothing else ever will make you as happy or as sad, as proud or as tired. For nothing is quite as hard as helping a person develop his own individuality, especially while you struggle to keep your own. Ah. Uh. And I think that relates to what you just said, that, you know, we have our own identity that we're Mm -hmm. trying to maintain. And I don't know about you, um, but I'm very fierce in my values and and how we're going to show up in the world as a family. And uh, when I see my kids not in line with that vision that I have, I really do struggle with that. But then, like you said, and like I've said, we have to parent them as the person that they are now, not who they're going to be down the road. Right. Um, That is definitely a practice that, you know, requires lots of soul care (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh, slowing down enough to be able to stay present and awake and uh, make, make good decisions Um, you know, obviously if there's safety involved, then I always tell my clients, you know, when there's some, a safety issue, you obviously intervene. Right. Um, but if it's not a safety issue, you know, then you really have to ask yourself, can I trust them, um, and let this go? Or, um, you know, do I really need to focus on being right? (laughs) Right. Right. And there's so much value in letting go and letting them fall. Oh, there is so much. 
and 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 I think we think that the stakes are a lot higher, especially when they're young. You know, like elementary age. You know, I feel like we think the stakes are so high, and so we want to protect them from themselves. When it's like, no, 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 no. This is the perfect time, actually, to yeah, let them, yeah, to let them feel the discomfort of whatever it may be, not following through, or you know, making the mistakes that that are really powerful in learning from. Definitely. And you, did you have a book about? The pl- did you have like the playful family? Did you have a playful? I did. Yeah. It was my first ebook that I put out. Yes. Okay, good. So I love that because I wrote a whole article about this. I am not the player of the parent duo team at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I am I the enforcer. Yeah. And my husband is great. At, you know, I mean, especially when, you know, five, four or five years ago when the kids were a little bit younger, um, he brought the playfulness and I brought the, okay, let's now let's get down to business. Right. So, which, you know, I have mixed emotions about, I'm actually okay with that role. I don't mind because I'm slightly controlling. So it works for me to be the enforcer. (laughs) Um, but you know, I, but I also recognize that lightness and playfulness is actually easily equally as if not more powerful, as far as a way of being in the family. And so will you talk a little bit about playfulness and, um, and how there's a myth, right? That if you need to get things done, then you got to get rid of the playfulness and get really down to business and serious. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. Right. Yeah. Um, well actually the, the fourth week in our, my program, um, is all about being playful. (laughs) So, uh, that's how important I think it is. Um, so a couple of things, one is I'm not the playful. Um, I think there's many different kinds of ways to play with your kids. And and a lot of times we, we either say it's black or white. I either play or I don't. And I think it's really more of my husband is really good at being like the puppy dog. Like when they were little, like he could be the puppy dog. I could never be the puppy dog. Like I just am not going to sit there and be in this imaginary role. But I am going to be the parent who is pushing them with um, crafts and getting down on the floor and playing games or puzzles. Um, And so I think, you know, that that element of play can vary from person to person and you got to find your way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always tell people, you don't have to, you don't have to always do it their way. You can come up with other ways to play. Um, but obviously I had, I had to have the role as the puppy dog. Sometimes, um, I didn't enjoy it, but it was just the role, mm-hmm. um, in the meat, but there's so many other ways to be playful. And I think that one of my superpowers has always been to use play as a productivity, uh, skill. Uh (laughs) Um, I have this distinct memory of my kids, um, listening to the the soundtrack of Annie and walking around the house, cleaning it and singing the song. It's a hard knock life. (laughs) Yeah. Because that to me (laughs) was super fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to put that on the next time it's time to clean the house. Just invite <laughs> the kids to sing along. <laughs> I also used to do um, a game. Uh, now we have we don't do this one anymore because they're 11. But, you know, playing sort of the wicked stepmother, mm-hmm. you know, who makes your kids clean. They loved that. They thought that was like the best thing ever. 
Uh, it didn't so last great. that long, but it, it lasted a little while. <laughs> um, so I think that, you know, people really do think that you must, you know, and I remember as a kid, especially a friend of mine, every Saturday morning, it was get up and do chores. Oh yeah. There was nothing fun about that. It, it, she resents it to this, to this day. Um, and anything that you're forced to do without any compassion or empathy really doesn't feel good. Uh, so I always, um, think that play has a huge role in the family and how you, how you go about your everyday activities. So for us, you know, it's putting on, and my kids love to clean, by the way, they love it. Um, one, one especially is just, she is a cleaning fanatic. Now she'll get mad at me for saying that publicly because (laughs) she doesn't like to admit it, but she really is. And she's good at it too. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And, And what, what we taught is that by having fun cleaning a house and getting your things done that you need to do and making it enjoyable, it's not something that we dread. It's right. something that makes us feel good when we're doing it. And it's something that makes us feel really good when it's over. Um, and so that value of how you feel peaceful and more calm when your house is in order really got through to my kids. You know, and so it's not uncommon for my daughter to put on some music and and just start cleaning the house. That's just what she does. Um, And so we do that with everything. We try to find a playful way to get through the hard things because, and that's what we teach in, that's what I teach in my program too. I mean, talk about soul work. Yeah. If you're dreading something, um, like yesterday, I was dreading walking the dog. It was going to be like 29 degrees outside, snow everywhere. And I did not want to do it. I was on a call. I was on a call with my community and I'm like, okay, so, you know, we got to find ways to get through these hard moments, these things that we dread and make them more joyful. Um, so I listened to a a meditation on the, on the walk, which was just, it was beautiful. And it made the, the walk just feel so much different. Um, so when we can teach our kids to do that, I think that they, um, are so much more motivated to doing the things that are hard to do. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just the other day, my daughter, she really struck, she gets easily overwhelmed by life. And she was, she had a a, a pretty boring book to read (laughs) for school. And and she didn't know how many pages she was supposed to read, which contributed to her overwhelm because she didn't know if she should read four pages or she should read 20. So, uh, and nothing was getting through to her. And finally, I just called her over to me and I rubbed her back and I said, all right, what can you do to make this fun? And I said, can you go out and get like get yourself a treat, something to drink, something to eat? And so that's what she did. She went out, she got a martini glass oh, of orange juice. Nice. She came in and she finished her work. Uh, but you know, that's the kind of things that when we if we could teach our kids to get through life a little more joyfully rather than just do it and get over it. Yeah. <laughs> It makes life so much better and they'll be happier. Oh, and it's such a different invitation. Just do it and get over it versus how can you, you know, create an experience that's going to make this more enjoyable. And by the way, I'm totally motivated to walk my dog now. Thank you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) You have a free book on your site right now, a workbook, right? 10 Habits of Highly Effective Mamas. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So that actually was a, that was a book that, um, that I put together after holding a webinar of the same title, uh, with my community. And it was so popular with them that I thought, well, I'll just see if other people would like it. And mm-hmm. it's been highly successful. Um, 
all the habits are, are pretty refreshing. Um, and if you follow my work enough, you'll start to see themes on mm -hmm. every single one of them. I talk about them relentlessly. Um, you know, rise early is one of the habits, which is a big topic for me. I'm a big early riser. And I feel like any mom who has the ability to do that should, yes. um, because it's going to make you much more effective in your life. And yeah. so it's just, it's, t it's 10 different habits that you can implement pretty easily. Um, and when you do all 10, you, you're pretty certain to have a much more effective week, uh, with your family. So listeners, it's really easy to get your hands on that book. You just go to Sean's website, abundantmama.com or is it abundant mama project? It's abundantmama.com. Okay. Perfect. And it just pops. I think there's like a pop-up that just shows right up and says, do you there's want probably this? probably a pop-up. And then there's also on the sidebar, there's a place where you can click on it as well. So and great. I think we even have it in the in the menu at the top as well. It says free ebook. Yeah. Easy peasy. So listeners head over there and check it out. And so Sean, I have one last question that I love to end my, my uh, show with, and you've already spoken into joy a little bit, but I would love to know to you, what does joyful courage mean? So I would say joyful courage is the, the joyful ability to completely show up as yourself mm. and be you. Uh, as a mom, that can be really hard because we're trying so hard to keep everybody else happy. Um, and, but I think that the nothing is better for our kids than to see us being fully ourselves. Yes. Thank you for that. I love that. And just like you said that all your people have probably a different answer to what an abundant mama is. I love the variety and answers I get from my guests around what joyful courage means to them. So thank you for oh, speaking into that. Yeah. So where can listeners find you and follow your work? Well, they can always go to abundantmama.com. Um, that's probably the best way to find out everything. That's where you can tap into our podcast, um, find links to Facebook and, uh, other places like Pinterest. I'm big on Pinterest and, um, that's where you can sign up for the email. Awesome. Awesome. So listeners, there will be a link in the show notes to finding Sean and following her work and being a part of her community. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. Thank you, Casey. This has been so much fun. It's a great way uh, to end my week. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.